Gamezilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Gamezilla Media Studios, Jazzy Fiddle! What up, what up, what up? And let's not forget the face of Switch, Testonomics. I'm here to let you know about all current Nintendo excitement, which is minimal, because we've reached the end of the year. And our producer, the Deadite Knight. New Year! New me, I'm only playing good games this year and I'm spending so much money! (laughs) Just kidding. I'm going to play a bunch of junk and I'm not going to pay for any of it. Welcome to episode 240 (laughs) of the GameZilla podcast. And you guessed it, this is another special episode where we're going to wish everyone a happy new year, and we're going to look back on 2018 and tell you our favorite games of the year. So, but, but, before we go any further, we need to remind people, we need to remind people that this and every episode of the GameZilla podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If you want exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else exclusive for the new year and all upcoming years after that content and if you were a patron you got it for the years past free stuff go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media to start your patronage today jazzy since it is january 1st of 2019 is there anything special that happens in january for our patrons or more importantly for our non-patrons yeah lots of good stuff uh based on a cherry stream that i believe our boy tess is gonna tell us about all right like you passed that right back to me so everybody out there listen (laughs) up we we've talked about it for months um since we our initial goal for our gamezilla gives back charity stream was $3,500 and if we reached that goal before the 31st of December that all exclusive content all of the voting in the polls and everything that is normally locked behind the paywall on Patreon will be public and uh, and free to consume for the entire month of January so we reached the goal so all January keep an eye on patreon.com slash games of the media for exclusive content for uh, different polls for different shows our normal shows third news topic that you get to vote on and uh and most importantly if you like the content if you want to see more of it if you want to see something additional by the team january is the month to share that feedback with us in the discord so that when you stay a patron and give us a couple bucks every month we are able to provide you exactly the exclusive content that you want well said Grimlock, what are we doing today? All right, so we're going to get into it here. We're going to uh, go around the room, and uh, each each of us will take take a turn here. But we all have our uh, our top three choices of 2018, and uh, we'll start. Who wants to start? Wait, first off, can I play us some good reminiscing music? Yeah, please. Ah, 
for the first <sighs> time in 2019. It feels great to hear this. Wait a second. Is the Wii Shop officially dead today? Didn't they shut it down? Oh yeah. Today's think, it. Let me do a quick goo. Let me get that music. Oh, if that's true. If it's true, it means it has even God. more. It has even more meaning. Dear Nintendo fans, I've got great news. On January 30th of 2019, oh, oh. we plan to close the eShop channel. So we've got 29 more days, Deadite. 29 more Damn days. It. You haven't been able to add Praise funds to it. You haven't been able to add funds to it since last March. Right. But I still have eight, uh, 800 points. I have to buy a Super Nintendo game on there before they <laughs> shut it down. And then just hope that your Wii never dies. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I, I, well I have, it'll compl I'll complete my Donkey Kong Country trilogy digitally on the Wii. And then just hope your Wii never dies. It's made by Nintendo and will never die. This scares me <laughs> with how with how I've gone all digital on the Switch. Like looking that, yeah, granted it was open for 13 years, but does that mean by 3031? Oh, I guess 3030, 2030. Where did I go a thousand years into the future? <laughs> wow, wow. By Cass is living it'll probably like it'll probably be by, dead by 3030. By 2030, <laughs> am I not going to be able to re-download my Switch games? Yeah, maybe. That's just that's it. I'm going back to physical. <laughs> I'm a physical boy now. With that said, whoa, whoa, <laughs> let's get physical. Mm. Anyway, um, I can start this rotation if you guys would like, because I, I have a, like your enthusiasm. I let's have a very it. underwhelming first uh, first pick. So, um, as Grimlock said, this is the, our best games of 2018. Not necessarily the best games that came out in 2018, but which games had a biggest in, which games had the biggest impact on us. So, my first one is a game that's been out probably for a decade. I went to Google it and I didn't. It's, you know, new year, new me, I don't Google. Minecraft. So I don't even remember how Minecraft, was it Doge? Who got us uh, into Minecraft to start? I Do downloaded it and then I found out Doge was playing as well. So Jazzy gets it on a whim because he likes to build stuff. Doge is always looking for a game for crossplay. We end up getting into this realm uh, I mean, after a lot of tomfoolery, we get into this realm that uh, I think I'm still paying for. Um, and <laughs> literally, I checked my Switch as of as of today, as of the the day of this recording. I've put I put 130 hours into mindless nothingness in Minecraft this year. But I don't know if there's been a game, including the res the the the, um, the res resurgence of Call of Duty in, into the community. Also mindless nothingness. Yes. I don't think there's a game oh, true. since Destiny 1 or maybe Overwatch at its peak that had the community participation and upwards of, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 people concurrently playing at the same time and doing nothing. So um, I, I was definitely, you know, among the the biggest contributor of time. I know Jazzy was in it until he told me how to cheat and I ruined it for him. The Ninja Carter, Doge, some of these people put in over 100 hours this year and it was most of it was community time. So that was a real big deal to me. I know I'm real late to the Minecraft wagon and I'm probably never getting back on it, but Minecraft would be one of my top three. One of my top three is going to be Sea of Thieves. And That's an interesting pick. Yeah, the reason I'm picking Sea of Thieves is I uh, purchased an Xbox One X, uh, got Forza 7, and then realized that uh, I don't like racing games, so I played like two rounds of Forza 7. And uh, Sea of Thieves was the first game 
that really kind of pushed my Xbox One X and really showed me how powerful of a system that was. The um, water physics. The, the, I was getting <laughs> I was getting motion sickness on the boats in Sea of Thieves. That's how good the water physics are in this game. But um, just some of the moments that I've had with the community members that hopped on and played Sea of Thieves, even from the beginning when it was still kind of really broken, like there was not a ton you could do. Um, it was just empty. I don't know if I yeah. even call it broken. It was just rough. But yeah, like moments of just us just shooting ourselves off in uh, with cannons, yep, and trying to take a video and photos of it. Because, yeah, and the having a good time the doing actual, it. The actual background to my uh, Xbox One X home screen is a photo when Jay shot me out of a cannon straight up, and I looked back down and took a picture of the island <laughs> that he shot me over. <laughs> like, yep. So that's uh, just. Games like that where you could spend hours doing absolutely nothing but finding stupid stuff yeah. to do. It was your Minecraft after it was Minecraft. Minecraft after Minecraft. Um, and Tess didn't have an Xbox, so he could. Well, actually, he did play on PC. He could ruin yeah, it for you. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, yeah, until the one time where we spent hours doing a raid, and then Miggy disconnected as we were turning <laughs> in the <laughs> loot. He's yeah. like, I can't get back in. Like, well, I guess this random person's getting the loot. Yeah. Sorry, Miggy. And I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. We tried to like, hide it from the guy, and he was just standing, just on the island, just dancing. On the island dancing, and we're like, man, can you go away? So like, our buddy Miggy could try to reconnect before we turn this in, and uh, it was just... It had its its hot messes. Um, I have logged back in one or two times since they've patched it and really haven't hopped back in because I was on during times that other people weren't on. This is not as fun single player as it is if you get a group of three or four people on, but uh, that would be one of my games of the year. So I'm going to first talk about the game that I played the most in 2018 and the game that I would say was my, my favorite game that it just took it just took my year by storm if i went down the list and looked at like all the games i played this year i was like wow i feel like i skipped a lot of games because i was so sucked into rocket league mm. now you know like 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 Tess brought up you know uh, minecraft wasn't a new game this year rocket league not a new game in 2018 but it was new to the switch picked it up in in march i think it probably was it was either february or march and then put in like 140 hours, which is a lot of gameplay for me over the course of a year because we were playing a lot every, of gameplay for you every day on lunch. I was going home and putting hours on end in, and I it was a game that I felt myself growing over the course of the year. I got better at the game, which a lot of times I feel like I I cap out at barely passable in ability. <laughs> And, and I got to the point where there were things in Rocket League I was good at. I was good at playing defense. I, I was good at, uh, you know, sort of passing the ball in the middle and setting up plays. And, and it was just something that was immensely fun to play. And, and Grim, we, we spent more time playing Rocket League than we've played any other game together. It was something that you and I did together almost every day for, I don't know, it felt like five months. Yeah, and, and I feel like it, it'll, it's going to, it'll make its turn back around like we'll we'll end up back playing again but the uh it was surprising because i played rocket league back in the day and it was cool but it didn't grab me until until we picked up our copies on the switch and then we were just having these 2v2 matches at lunch and stuff like that and you're right you were you were getting better and better to the point where like all i wanted to do was like i'm like please dead like we would do random teams right so i was like please let it be dead on my let it be dead i let it be dead on my team i because 
I'm more of the offensive player, and I hated going against you because you did. You played very strong defense and great goalie. And so, like, I I was always happy when you were on my team because then I didn't have to face off against you. Which is something no one would ever say in any other game. It's true, yeah. No one wants any me on other team. game to be like, who do you want to play against with your best chance to win? I'd be like, Dead Eye, put him on the other team. <laughs> I will I will bury him. He is bad at video games. So so I think I think that was a, a big thing for me is that I don't normally find success in a game. And I felt like in Rocket League, playing with friends, playing online. Now I would never call myself a dominant player, but I I, I hung in there. I did well against people, uh, and I had fun. So it was the rare time where being successful actually made something more fun for me. Yeah, I think lastly on that is it was interesting that every time we seemed to put ourselves against a higher tier of competition, we elevated to that competition. And that was something that was surprising me where I fit. Once I saw people flying through the air, I thought that was my cap. I never thought I'd be able to do that. And then sure enough, we started scoring goals in the air and, and and that's when I realized, Oh wow. We, you know, it just takes time, but we can, we could really get pretty good at this. Mm -hmm. And we did. Um, my first uh, pick would be, and everyone's going to, everyone's going to give me shit for it, but it really did bring me back into shooters, which I've been I've fallen out of, and that's Call of Duty Black Ops Four. And just like everybody else that's right now booing me, I I'm I, not going to boo you. I, um, I agree with. This. I can't imagine. <laughs> I could never imagine that I would pick this game uh, if you asked me earlier this year. But sure enough, here we are, and it's just simply I like shooters. I've always liked shooters. It's why I like Destiny. It's why I enjoyed so many so many matches of Overwatch and and every, and, and a bunch of shooters I've played throughout throughout the uh, years but I couldn't find one you know Destiny has failed Destiny 2 has pretty much failed us and I couldn't find another shooter I want to get into until you know um, Spidey2kx really with his stream kind of talked me into giving it a shot and now I I've, I don't even know how many hours I've put into it but but probably over a hundred and I I love it it's it's a lot of fun and they've they've done some some great things where even when you get a little bit tired of just a shooter, there's something else that you can work towards, and I think that's where they found a they found a good balance in this game, where it's like, well, I don't really feel like being competitive today. Let's go play some zombies, or the season's over. We're about to go into a new season here, and and now there's all sorts of new stuff, and 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 they, it's just I don't know for some reason it works for me, and it definitely gets a spot on my list because. I'm a competitive gamer, and this is right now my current competitive game that I've been enjoying. And I don't, and right now, and I can't foresee a game coming out that's going to replace it. Plus, it has a realistic boots on the ground battle royale that works on a console. You, you said that, you, you don't foresee a game replacing it. Doesn't Anthem come out next? Anthem month? has no PvP at launch. So, oh. from a competitive game stance, I I don't see a game coming out in the in the near future that would replace this. I mean, the next competitive game that I'm aiming at is, is Mortal Kombat 11. What about Morphe's Law? <laughs> is that the one that... The, the <laughs> get, like, you shoot the people and they change sides? <laughs> like I said, <laughs> we're going to move on. He's trying so hard to get you to not so, play. <laughs> I mean, you could have gone with the Division 2, for God's <laughs> yeah, sake. Yeah, but, but how do you get someone's head and legs to go bigger in the Division 2? You have to a cheat code? Big head mode? <laughs> My second pick a little bit more in the predictable category would be the game that by far I was the most looking forward to in 2018 and that was Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
So it's a little bit of a of a wild pick because it did just come out at the beginning of December. Um, so you know I've had a little less than a month to play it, but it's exactly what I would have wanted from a Smash Brothers game. Obviously, anybody who tuned in, um, you know, the beginning of December to watch our charity stream, we saw that you know it could entertain a group of twenty people for twelve hours consistently, and you and you keep getting those big moments and those celebrations or those disappointing losses and things like that. But more importantly, and I remember within the first week of playing it, I put over 15 hours into the World of Light single player mode. And I, I was grinding for spirits and doing all these different like mini games, you know, or well, mini game fights or gimmick fights. And it's it's everything that was good about Smash 4 with more good and got rid of some of the annoying things. So um, once again, you know, Sakurai calls these games uh, a miracle. When he when he gets them finished, and it's it's been it's been true to what the series needed. It was a a beautiful recreation of the Smash Brothers that we already already knew and love. And um, just like the other ones, I'll be playing this until this will be the only reason my Switch stays hooked up when the next system comes out is because I keep it hooked up until the new Smash Brothers comes out. I'll say with Smash, I'm not a Smash person, and playing in the charity stream and like actually just taking some time to learn the game and stuff like that i was enjoying it to the point where in my car ride home with grimlock i was like man do i pick up smash so that way i can kind of like train myself on the side so that when we have our next get together i'm a little bit better like i've never never been one to pick up a smash game and i'm considering it i cash up you 10 <laughs> uh my second game is going to be um the indie masterpiece of Celeste. Um, another game that came out earlier, I didn't put time into it until just recently, but I have put easily over 50 hours into Celeste over the past month, month and a half. Um, very close to platinum this. I just have one more thing that I have to do in it that I don't want to go back and do because it's just going to be time consuming, but I will go back and I will platinum this game the everything from this game first off side-scrolling platformer it reminded me of super meat boy right off the bat so that instantly drew me to it and everything from the music to the way the mechanics uh, of the character that you play to surprisingly the story which got emotional for me and i actually like got choked up and stuff in the story i'm not going to ruin it for anybody that wants to play it but anybody that hasn't tried celeste and actually i don't even care if you're a platform or not play celeste like it's just that good of a game it is it's phenomenal it deserved uh indie game of the year and uh i played it early i played it when it did it first came out and I picked it up on the Switch, and I, man, it is it is a very special game. So my my next game that was significant for me for the year of 2018 was Fire Pro Wrestling World. Um, it it took me back to a, a game that I loved as as a little kid. You know, I was super into Fire Pro Wrestling on the Game Boy Advance. I had Fire Pro Wrestling Return, which was like a budget title that uh, was released on the the PS2. 
And I, I didn't start playing that till like a year ago when I found it in a thrift store. So having like a fresh release, first time ever having, you know, actual real wrestlers because Fire Pro always had knockoff wrestlers. And I was just starting to get into Japanese wrestling more. And it has all these, you know, Japanese wrestlers in it. And it, it just hit at a time where I was like, man, that's what I want to get back to because we all know how I feel about the WWE 2K series. You love it. It's it's your favorite. You know, it's it's tough. I have to balance, but like, how much do I love the idea of Call of Duty, and how much do I love uh, 2K games? It's just uh, here's 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 a question for you. WWE 2K18, because that's the one you have experience with. Yeah. Or do you come play Call of Duty with me? I'd ca- I'd play Call of Duty with you. Just so first. everyone understands. Yeah, because one of them's a functioning <laughs> video game, and WWE 2K18 on the Switch was not a functioning video game. But so. back to your pick. Back to my point. But you know, so it, it, it as a wrestling video game it was everything that the the major release um, that is produced by 2K isn't. It's fun, it's functional, it's not a it's true. It's not what you would think of a simulator to be in 2018. It's what a it's more like what a simulator was in 1999. Just the style, the presentation and everything. It's a throwback to what worked really well for wrestling video games almost 20 years ago. And it was executed at such a high level and in such a fun way. It's just a fun video game to play. And another thing that was nice about it is I found what I would consider to be a very small amount of success streaming it. Streaming is something that I started doing this year, and I, I felt like my most successful streams were when I was playing Fire Pro because it's a game that not a lot of people stream. So, you know, I had a lot of people getting in my chat who were interested in learning more about the games. And me, who I guess is a veteran of the series because I had been playing it for so long on, on Game Boy Advance, I was able to answer questions and, and help people trying to get into the game while having fun playing it. So uh, just for the fact that it filled a void that without Fire Pro, I would have no wrestling games to play because of the awfulness that is 2K. So it it, uh, it filled a void in, in my gaming life, and I'm thankful that, that uh, it exists. My second pick is God of War, the uh, reboot, the reimagination of a series that I've loved through all of its uh, all of the games from God of War one through three and God of War Ascension in the PSP uh, Ghost of Sparta and all that. I, I just love Kratos. I love the character. I've enjoyed the games. And so I was really concerned about this reboot that how it was going to work there was obviously the uh the extra extra character that is the child in the game that i was starting to worry about because a lot of games you start to wor- you start to see these games where it's like you gotta escort a npc around and it it takes me out of the game it just kind of starts to ruin the game for me god of war was a masterpiece and I, I though i don't have the connection between like the kratos and atreus uh or, um wow i can't say his name between the two characters um like some people do you know bmc comes to mind because he has kids i have a connection with kratos himself so the second i started to play as an older kratos and wondering what happened in the past and why he has a kid and then like things happening where I'm finding I'm finding items that call back to the games that I know and I just started diving deeper and deeper into this game and it was I mean Santa Monica made it, it was a movie I mean the whole thing is one shot right and that's the weird thing it's like the way this game plays 
it doesn't play like any game I've really ever experienced before. And because of it, it kind of, you, at first it feels awkward, but then you fall into it almost like you fall into one of your favorite movies where you just can't put it down. And the story is so is great. It sets up for this series to continue on, and I can't wait for the next installment. And But without ruining anything, it just... It made me fall in love with the with the world and 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 the and the lore of Kratos all over again, and that's why it definitely gets in my second spot. Visually, story, mechanics, it was just a perfect game. I never I never actually played all the way through it, but I can tell you and agree with Santa Monica did one thing in this game that I've never seen any other game studio do. And that is the whole one shot thing. Yep. There is no cutscene, right? It's the scene is your gameplay. You literally walk into it, watch this segment, and then walk out of it, and you're still playing. Yeah. I've never seen that done in a video game to this level to where you don't even realize you're in a cutscene. Yeah, and the director really like he was he was almost laughed out of uh, Square Enix because he wanted to do this with Tomb Raider, and they said no. And he left and said, cool, I'm not going to stay here then. And Santa Monica gave him a shot. And he goes, I want to do this with God of War. And they said, okay. And and people, I mean, I'm not going to lie. He, he said it in interviews. His team at first definitely looked at him like he was crazy. But now look at it. I mean, it, you know, there's a, it, it won game of the year because it definitely deserved it. So, My final choice is an expansion, the, the DLC story expansion to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, entitled uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, the Golden Country. Now, I've spoken about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before, and I've said that there has not been a Nintendo game that has come out that I have been so into all the characters, the development, to the point where during Endgame, I wanted to know what happened to every single one of them. Like, I want the person I ran into, you know, in this place. I want to know the person running the shop in this place. I wanted to know. And obviously, you don't you don't get that, right? You don't get that from games where they can answer every question. So they figured they're going to make it a little bit worse for me by setting a DLC that started 500 years before Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And it's just, it's such a good game. It's, it's a unique game battle mechanic that's not like any game I've ever played before. It's got me interested in the old Xenoblade games that I've just would have gone completely over my head had I not played this one and it just gives you insight and and compassion for these characters that are, that are already so endearing that you just find out more of their backstory so now all of a sudden you understand more about their maybe their jaded nature or their you know sarcastic views of life like you learn all of these different things that happened to these characters in the past so that when you go back to where you first meet them in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 you're like I get it I see why you're so you know why you're so motivated by evil like I see all of this and that just helps tell their story so much more so um I can't I, I could probably only put thir maybe 30 hours into it right because it was an expansion to a game I'd already spent 150 hours on um but it was one that I I did every single thing I could do before completing that final mission because I'm like, I just want every ounce of this lore and uh, though it was a paid DLC, like I definitely definitely feel like I got what I wanted from it and uh, everybody that I've recommended to that played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to pick up the DLC, they've all loved it as well. So it's just such a good game, but it, it's such a time investment and you're not going to get anything out of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 
uh, or I'm sorry, you won't get anything out of the Torna, uh, Torna the Golden Country unless you've played through Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It is a standalone game, but it, I don't think it would be as good or mean as much if you didn't know where these characters were headed 500 years after the game was over. But that's just by far, I enjoyed the time I spent with that game start to finish more than anything else I played this year. Nice. My game of the year, and Test will agree, comes from the greatest development company of all time, Graham Games. And yeah, this game yeah. is Merge Dragon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 yeah. Merging the dragons. We're merging them now. Gonna merge the My dragons. actual game of the year, biggest impact for me in 2018 was going to be from Quantic Dream, Detroit's Become Human, creators of Heavy Rain. That was before them. Um, for your, for anybody that doesn't know what Heavy Rain is or what Detroit Become Human is, it's a, I like to call it choose your own adventure game. So you are playing through three different characters and the actions that you choose in each of these chapters of the story impact the outcome of the overall game in the end. So, you know, do you save the person? Do you not save the person that could determine how the, the ending of this game uh, comes out? which gives it a huge replayability because if you wanted something to happen, you have to go back and replay those those missions or, or chapters, as they call them, um, to try to get a different outcome based upon your decisions. Um, the biggest thing for me in this game is it was super smooth. I love the fact that they gave you, like, the big spreadsheet map at the end and gave you percentages as to what your decisions were and why you, you know, went this way versus this way. Some clues that you missed. They don't tell you what they are so that you can go back and try to find them, but they do tell you where you missed them and, like, what section of that chapter you missed them in. Um, but the biggest thing is that <laughs> it was futuristic Detroit. Growing up in Detroit, you know... I always get kind of iffy on games that are based in Detroit because, you know, we go down there to to ball games and, you know, go down there to hang out with friends and stuff like that. So you know the city that you grew up in. And for Detroit become human being in a futuristic version of Detroit, I was going to be like, man, is, is it going to really look like Detroit or is it going to be a futuristic city that they're going to call Detroit? And it was Detroit to a T. Like, you saw street signs and buildings and, you know, all of the landmarks that are in downtown Detroit that make it Detroit, but they make it into a futuristic way to where this is, like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if this game is a snapshot of Detroit in the future. That's how well I think they did with it, so... Yeah, because, I mean, we're obviously the automotive, you know, capital of the world, and this is that futuristic, like, well, after that, we become the, uh, you know, the cyborg or animatronic right. uh, capital of the world. So it is an interesting take on on robots and everything like that. It, it would fit into what we uh, currently do. Robots creep me out. I'm going to have to move. Elon's on his way. Come on, don't get me. <laughs> New year, we're, we're forgetting about Elon Musk. New year, more Elon. <laughs> nah, nah. Elon Musk was a 2018 gimmick. We're, we're moving on. So you think. We don't want to give him our attention. because he's Too bad he's immortal because he's a robot. Wait. He was yeah. built in the Packard plant. Wait, is he a robot? Because he's like kind of mean to people, have so ever, like maybe he's a robot. Have you ever watched the television series Altered Carbon on Netflix? 
where no. people put their consciousness in like a stack and then you could like change bodies out as great long as you change sh- the great snack, series, stack. Great series. No. Should definitely yeah, watch it. I uh, listened to an interview with Elon Musk and he basically said the possibility of that becoming reality in the near future not very difficult to do. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. But what I do like is the fact that, you know, it it almost never happens, guys, but I was wrong about something. <gasps> Let's all be shocked. I was wrong about something. I thought Pokemon Let's Go was going to be stupid, and I thought I was going to hate it, but it was my favorite game of 2018 because it wasn't stupid, and I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and make claims that maybe other people have made where you know they're, they they prefer the new catching mechanic in the game to the traditional uh, way the series works or anything like that. But what I, what I found is I didn't hate it. I didn't. I wasn't completely in love with it, but that didn't ruin the game for me. Where I really thought like the the Pokemon Go aspect of this game was going to make me not like it, and it was going to be I don't know too. Two Pokemon Go, like that's a dirty word in my mind, apparently, which I guess it kind of is. But at the at the core of the game, at, at the core of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, it was actually a pretty good Pokemon game. It was a remake of the original, so there was a lot of nostalgia. There was a lot of going back and experiencing the things that I did 20 years ago, but in a more cinematic and a more grand way because we're on the Switch and not the original Game Boy. It's not 8-bit, you know? Um but the battling was still fun. The catching the Pokemon was still fun. The filling out the decks was still fun. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. After Pokemon Sun and Moon, which I really didn't like those games. Like when I finished the story mode in that, I didn't go back and play any of the post game. I didn't catch any of the, the Ultra Beast because I was so mad at 40 minutes of unskippable cutscenes at the end of Pokemon Moon. I was like, I'm done with Pokemon. I stopped following the competitive scene. I stopped following the meta. I was, I, I didn't know a lot of the names of the last generation Pokemon, like where I was a very sharp Pokemon fan. I, I, I kind of let it all go. And I was, I, I was fine letting Pokemon go. I was, I was fine getting over it and this game kind of reminded me why I love Pokemon and it's got me excited for you know potentially a new game coming up here you know sometime this year and um, so it, it has to be my biggest game of the year for me because it reignited my passion for a series that is my favorite game series and I, I thought it was gone and it wasn't so and it got you to play Pokemon Go. It got me to play Pokemon for one day. <laughs> which is, it's still my phone. I'll say it's still my phone, but uh, <laughs> it got me to play Pokemon Go for one day at the mall with, with tests. So. It was great. <laughs> Glorious moment. All right, so my uh, game of the year has to go, and, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it has to go to Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man for the PS4 by Insomniac Games is it, it's just... It's the perfect game. It's it, it hits all of my heartstrings from one of my favorite superheroes to an open world game done right and to a balanced mechanics and beautiful visuals and all the way down to a, an original story about Spider-Man that is not tied to any existing piece of media. And that's what's important to me is that it told me a story of Spider-Man that I have never watched, played, read didn't matter it was unique and that's something that I really appreciate and so when I first started this game you know you start off with just the visuals and you go wow and you swing through the city and you're like it's never felt so good and then you try you start collecting 
these items so that you can unlock extras and make and make Spider-Man wear different suits and you're like this is cool. But then it's when you just hit those first couple story missions. Be it side missions, be it the main story, you just start diving into this world that Insomniac made that's completely unique. And every time you hit a corner that takes the opposite direction than you expect because you're a Spider-Man pro and you've read comics your entire life and you know everything about Spider-Man, it throws you for a loop and you go, oh, wow, what? Why is this like this? And you dive deeper and you want to know more. And so I completed every aspect of this game. I mean, I scoured the city. I completed every side mission, every extra item, the story. I got my platinum. I played all the DLC that's out so far, and I just, I love this game. And the seal, like the, the, the what sealed it for me, because God of War is so close for me, but what sealed it for me was in-game. This in-game made me emotional. I mean, heavy, heavily emotional, and I haven't had a game do that to me in a long time. And so when I walked away from this game, I honestly was sad that it was over. I looked forward for the DLC, but I was sad that it was over. And I also was moved by the story. And games, yes, games can impress you and, and, and things, but this was almost like a movie again, you know, and, and, and of, of a character that I care so much about and always have and always will. And so I just, I can't wait the way that they built this to see what they do in 2019 because that's the other cool thing is that the way this has been built they can just expand around this world they've created and keep adding to it where you don't have to necessarily wait for Spider-Man 2 on the PS4 you're going to walk into 2019 and you're going to get the next season of of, of DLC from Insomniac and you're going to be like oh cool and now I get to experience their take on Venom or their take on Carnage or or you know or whoever else they want to throw at you and that's just super exciting so replayability and just again if you haven't played this everything that you're you're in for on your first playthrough yeah I think the big thing for me I just started it because before I was kind of like Man, it's not for me. It's going to be that PlayStation 2 game again. I'm going to swing around in cities, do some side missions, save some people. Okay, it's going to be done. So I kind of put it off till just recently, and boy, was I wrong. I think the biggest thing for me right off the get, and I'm real short into the beginning of the game, but the biggest thing for me is the Spider-Man <laughs> movies in the Marvel Universe have been rebooted so many times that we don't know the voice of Spider-Man anymore, right? We've had, what, three, four different actors to play Spider-Man in the movies, Yuri is the voice of Spider-Man right off the get. Like, I don't even think of anybody else as Spider-Man except for Yuri in this game. Like, he's the new voice of Spider-Man for me. Yeah, and you actually you make a good point of the, something that I, I forgot to mention is that the one thing I was worried about, right? I was worried about worried about the kid in God of War and how it was going to t t take me out of the gameplay. I was worried about the fact that I had to play as Peter Parker. and You know, I had to play as just regular Peter. And the way they build this story, those moments are just as exciting and just as intense as when you're swinging a Spider-Man, and that's that's an accomplishment that I didn't think was going to be possible. They ran a, a big risk of that being a wolf-link situation. Like, I know Tess really likes Twilight Princess. Playing as a wolf completely killed Twilight Princess for me. I won't play it because I hated it. Yeah. And so the, the Peter Parker segment, I'm sure you had a similar concern. I did. I did, and I can tell you, wow. 
I was um, happily mistaken. There you have it. There is our top three games of 2018. And, uh, I mean, it's been a great year for gaming. I, I, I sit back and I look at these games and, and I look at all of our lists and it's they're all impactful. They've all, most of them have changed how we game to some extent or, or reignited, um, you know, our passion around an IP. And that's uh, super exciting. And we, you know, we look into 2019 and we do see another wave of big games that I think we're all going to sit back and say, it's going to happen again. We're, we're set up for another fantastic year in gaming. Um, I can't, I can't wait. So here's, here's to a great year. Um, and we got to we got to hang out with friends and play games like we always enjoy. And looking in 2019, uh, Gamesville Media and the community, we look forward to to playing some new games and, and having new experiences with everybody. So, uh, everybody have a great new happy new year, and let's let's make 2019 a fantastic year, personally and professionally. And I I can't uh, I can't wait for Anthem. I can't wait for for a lot of these games that are right around the corner. First couple months of the year it already looks nuts, let alone what we're gonna get later in the year. So, anything else anybody wants to wants to throw out there before we wrap this up? Thanks to all the other great shows on GameZillaMedia.com for a great 2018. So, uh, thanks to Legend of Retro, Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Uh, Noobs and Dragons, and of course the Last Action Podcast, and uh, we wish them a great 2019 as well. Yeah, uh, you know, just thanks to the team. I mean, we've all we've all put a lot of work into this, so you know the community has been great. But I, me personally, just thanks to everybody that has put the effort in and, and really worked hard on on so many things this year. Uh, you know, we we capped it off with an amazing charity, and, and we and I think we, ex- we we exceeded what we were gonna do, and 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 still pushed well beyond that. So. It's just it's been it's been a hell of a year, and I'm super proud of everybody. I'm super happy uh, that everybody's involved, and and I uh, you know I love you all. So thank you again, guys. We'll see ya. We'll see ya in 2019. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. Hey, can we start off 2019 like we did 2018? I don't know how we did that. Forcing Deadite to play Fortnite? We're going to force him to play Call of Duty. Oh, we did do that. Maybe 2018 wasn't as good a year as we thought. I've officially retired from gaming in 2019. (laughs)